Good morning, First Church. Good morning, First Church. Welcome to those of you who are joining us online and my friends in the balcony. Amen. I am Reverend Brenda Brooks Alexander. I am the new associate pastor of service. So you know what that means, right? That means that I have to get you all involved. Y'all look excited to get involved. I'm super excited about getting you involved in what we do here at First Church. I want to say thank you to those who are worshiping with us uh, in the service, my comrades Zinya and Phyllis and Mike. I went blank because you were going to crawl up the cross. <laughs> thank you, Taylor, for not doing that. Also to our pastor, Pastor Lance, for this opportunity. I'm grateful for the opportunity to worship here at First Church. First Church, this is my first 30 days. I've completed 30 days. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a welcoming congregation and just loving me. I appreciate it. Let's pray. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts Lord, let them be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. In our sermon series, uh, Light of the World, in 1 John 1 through 4, it provides for us a personal account of the beloved disciples' relationship with the light of the world. In our first service, I invited us to spiritually participate. And in our time together, I want to invite us to become spiritual partners with the light of the world. I am one of eight children, and our firstborn is here. And the, maybe she's the third because she's a twin. So maybe you could look at them and think, one and three were the favorite, but I'm number seven. And you already know that completes what God is doing. <laughs> I love spending time with my family. I, I love uh, getting to have fellowship with them. And so when the pandemic happened, you can imagine that we were in, 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 in odds, we were just trying to figure out ways that we could connect. And so we did some Zooming, and then we uh, learned how to text a lot, of, a lot of stuff. And so as we're texting and Zooming, we, we, we really missed each other. And like many of you who've experienced COVID, you just miss people. And so last year, we got to host Thanksgiving at our home and it was such a joy. Now you have to understand that we now live in Fort Worth and all of my family lives in Dallas. And for them, this is a hike. This is a journey. This is out of town. But 50 people showed up at our home. Oh, I was overjoyed. 
I had longed to be in their presence and to share in the fellowship with them at a much deeper level than just on a Zoom call. I wanted them to uh, be uh, uh, in our home and just to fill our home with their voices and with music and all of that happens. And at the end of the night, we had a worship service. And in a childlike voice, one of my sisters said, I needed that. I needed that. I hope that as you look at our text, that as the beloved disciple hopes that we can live into uh, this, the arms of Jesus, not just in a, in a physical sense, but he's saying every single day as I got to hear the voice of Jesus, I hope you can experience that kind of joy in your relationship so that when you leave this place, you leave here saying, oh, I needed that. I needed to see your faces. I needed to hear the word of God. I needed to sing the songs of Zion. Oh, I needed that. When you become partners with the light of the world, it is a relationship that is being formed with the Father and the Son and with other believers. Ah. John tells us that he had that kind of relationship with Jesus. As I've joined the first church family, that is exactly how I've been introduced. I've told my family that I'm now part of a larger family, much bigger family. And, and, and you have to know my family. My family is always kidding. They've always got jokes for me that you don't have to worry about making me humble. They do a very good job <laughs> all by themselves. But as I've introduced people in, in, in the first church family, I've said, this is now my new family. This is my family. And, and what, I, what I believe God is teaching me is that God has a way of showing us that God does extend God's family. And so as I begin to put names with faces and faces with names, God has a way of teaching me that I am bigger than where your social context is. I am so much bigger than what you think I am. I am so much bigger than your little bubble. He says, I'm about to burst your bubble and explode you with a family that you never could have imagined. Could you have imagined me being in your family? I mean, I'm just excited about the fact that you are now my brothers and sisters, and some of you could even be my parents. <laughs> John begins to deal with the purpose of his writing in this text. Now, if you want verses one and two, you gotta watch it online, because I'm only dealing now with verses three and four. And that's when John calls us into a partnership. John says, listen, you have had the privilege of already hearing the word of God. You've already had some scholars suggest that in, in 1 John that they already had the gospel of John. They already knew who Jesus was. They already knew that the word was made flesh. They already had all of that information. And so as they come, as he comes to this text, he says, listen, I'm not about to tell you anything new. 
I'm not about to, to, to tell you anything new, but I am about to tell you something that is good for you. John writes that here's what we've seen and here's what we've heard, and, and, and you know how we are with secondhand information. Secondhand information is only good for spreading the gospel. Because if it's secondhand, it's hearsay. It's not even admissible in a court of law. But, but if it's, and if it's secondhand for too much longer, it then becomes gossip. But if it's secondhand from the Word of God, you get to tell it over and over and over and over and over again. You get to tell secondhand information from your perspective because it's your story. John gives us an opportunity to connect with the light of the world based on the relationship that we already have. You're already a believer. You already have a great church. You already have great people to walk alongside you. And now John comes along and he tells us to make my joy complete. He says, I want you to connect with the Father. I love that about him because he's telling us that there is a vertical relationship that we have to connect with Jesus on. Well, how in the world do we connect vertically with Jesus? I'm glad you asked. That's a good question. Let me see if I can answer the question for you. The way that you connect in a vertical relationship with Jesus is that there is power in prayer. Listen, the reason that I want you to be a part of a team that has nothing to do with you, but has everything to do with your connection in heaven. John says, so that you can fellowship with us. See, the way that you get to be my sisters and brothers is because that we have a relationship with the heavenly Father, and because of that relationship, we are now related. We're connected. And listen, there is power in prayer. He says, John says it like this. He says, you can fellowship with us. You can. I'm an old English teacher, and when I was, in, I was, I was teaching grammar, they would, say, they would say, can I go to the restroom? And you know what good teachers would say, can you? That's really what John is asking us in this text. Are you able to fellowship with us? He says, are you able to share in what we have? He says, you are able to if you want to. He says, uh, you can partake in this partnership with the life of the world if you want to. You can experience peace and happiness with other believers and the apostle if you want to. He says, he says, you ought to want to because we have this in common, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. John says, our fellowship is with the Father. That when we are making connections, we're not making connections based on the color of our skin or our gender identity. No, we are making connections because we are belong to the Father. We're gods. 
And because God is our Father, we begin to have connections that we've never had before. We begin to partner with one another. The old hymn writer said, oh, what needless pains we bear, all because we just don't take it to the Lord in prayer. It's a powerful tool that so often gets neglected. Partnership in prayer is powerful because when we pray, we are asking for partners in cooperation. Y'all looking at me like y'all don't understand it, and so let me see if I can help you to understand that, that when you pray, you are praying and saying, I'm going to cooperate with the one that's in heaven. When you pray, you are saying, God, I am asking you to intervene from heaven on earth, and I'm going to do what you say do. Ah. When we, when we cooperate, he says, this is, the, this is what the Apostle Paul says, he says, this is the confidence that we have when we are approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, that's partnership. He hears us. He's always listening for his children. He's always looking for us to, uh, to, to get involved in what God is doing, and that ought to start in your prayer life. That ought to start with you saying, God, what's next on the agenda? You do know that nobody in the Bible retires. <laughs> they just die. <laughs> so there's no retirement in the church. You ought to be still engaged in something. I got a lot of young folk in the balcony. You ought to be engaged in something. You ought to find out where God is leading you, and you ought to pray about it. And don't use pray about it as an opportunity to get out of it. <laughs> you know how we do. Sometimes we'll say, uh, I'm thinking about you being a part of this ministry, and you say, Pastor, let me pray about it. <laughs> no, no, no. He's saying that when I give you the opportunity, it is for you to say, yes, Lord. Perhaps God is pushing you to the next level. I'm getting ready to start for our church a prayer ministry that happens before services. That means you got to arrive an hour and, a, and 15 minutes early. We are talking about being involved. And, and everybody has a prayer life, and certainly this is one that you can begin to pray for the people that are coming to the church. You can begin to pray for your pastor even before he gets up. You can begin to pray that the worship and the hymns are right on time. You can begin to pray that somebody would come to know who Jesus is. Story is told of Charles Spurgeon, and uh, there are five young college students, they have the opportunity to hear him preach, and they are standing outside, and depending on the version that you hear, it was either hot or it was cold, but they end up in the same place, and they end up in a boiler room where 700 people are in a small chapel just past the boiler room, and they are underneath the sanctuary, and they are praying. That ought to move you, because while you wonder if I can preach, I'm wondering if you can pray. 
There is power that happens in the pulpit because the people of God have talked to God. Lastly, and I'm done, if you're going to partner in this fellowship, you need to understand that there are partners through people. God not only deals with our relationship uh, in a vertical sense, but he deals with our relationship horizontally. He says, listen, when you get things right with me, you can get things right with each other. Little boy was putting together a puzzle piece, and the father said, why don't you just put the world together first? He says, no, if I get the people right, the world will fall into place. You, and here at First Church, you know what we say? We never walk alone. Somebody is waiting to walk with you. Somebody is waiting for your joy to be complete. The relationships that I am going to form here can make my joy complete, but they'll never happen if I tip in that door and walk right back out. You got to become involved in what God is doing here in this place. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Christians are praying. Lord, thank you for the partnership that we can have in fellowship with you. Thank you that in the midst of all you are doing here in our church, this is nothing new. We all know that we, we have a relationship with you and that we have fellowship with you vertically as we pray and seek your face. But even on a deeper level than that, you are calling us to step out of our comfort zones and be partners with other people, young people who need to learn the wisdom of our senior saints, children who need to learn how to, how to make better decisions from their parents. And, and God, you have all ages, all creeds, all races right here. What a great place to begin to learn from people who have this in common with you, that your Father is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.